Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for the Pharmacy Leadership Podcast. Our discussion for the podcast series focuses on pharmacy technician training programs. My name is Andrew Lucarati. I'm the Director of Pharmacy over the University Hospital and Cardiovascular Center at Michigan Medicine, and I'll be your host for today's Leadership Podcast. With me today is Ann Joe, who is a pharmacy educator at Johns Hopkins Hospital. Thanks for joining us today, Ann, and let's get started talking about our topic of pharmacy technician training programs. So let's start off and you can just tell us a little bit about your program and the average number of students and kind of the support that you get. Thank you for the introduction. My name is Ann Joe. I am the Technician Training Program Director at Johns Hopkins Health System Pharmacy Technician Training Program. Our program actually started exactly one year ago on March 1st, 2021. We have successfully graduated two classes in 2021 and plan to have two cohorts each year. The number of students actually vary from cohorts, ranging from six to 10 trainees, with the most recent fall 2021 class graduating total of 10 trainees. Our training program originated at Johns Hopkins Hospital, but since then, we have expanded to two sites, including All Children's Hospital in St. Petersburg, Florida. Our goal in the next one to two years is to expand the training program at every Johns Hopkins affiliate group sites, including Johns Hopkins Baby Medical Center, Howard County General Hospital, Suburban Hospital, Sibley Memorial Hospital, and also Johns Hopkins Home Care Group. Given the expansion, we hope to see the number of students in each class continue to grow. Students who participate in our training program are hired on as pharmacy technician trainees by the hiring pharmacy department at each site. Trainees will complete the training program full-time, roughly about 40 hours per week in 14 weeks duration. We currently offer this program only to current employees within the Johns Hopkins Health System who wish to switch career path to become a pharmacy technician. And we offer them this continued professional development opportunity for free. However, due to the national shortage of pharmacy technicians, we will continue to work to expand this program to external candidates to increase the candidate pool and also to provide a pipeline for development of pharmacy technicians. The only requirement to be part of this program include the trainees does have to pass a pre-enrollment math and reading comprehension assessments. Oh, that's great work uh, getting this program up and started. That's certainly no easy task. It's also great to see that your cohort has increased in size every session. So good work on that. Once the program is completed, what opportunities do the graduates have within your health system? That's a great question. Because the Department of Pharmacy is actually hiring our student on as pharmacy technician trainees, once the students graduate from the program and obtain their Board of Pharmacy registration, their position will actually be automatically advanced to a pharmacy technician position to work at the same experiential rotation site that they were training at. Some of our sites does have multiple pharmacies. So for example, JHH, Johns Hopkins Hospital. During the initial interview process for the training program, we do ask all of our trainees to rank their top three preferred pharmacies and we match them based on their interest and also best fit. 
the same pharmacy they're doing the training program will ultimately be the pharmacy that they'll be working for long term. We do ask that all the trainees who complete the training program give our health system a one-year commitment, which means that we ask them to stay in the same pharmacy full-time for a minimum one year post-completion. What would happen if they didn't stay one year? If the trainees do leave the department at Johns Hopkins Health System before one year, then we ask them to pay back the cost of the training program. Got it. That makes sense. What incentives do you offer the students attending the program? That's a great question. We offer a couple different incentives for our students to attend our training program. The first incentive is this is a career development opportunity for our internal employees who wish to pursue a new career and also further their own professional growth. Our program is offered at free of cost and allow trainees to continue their employment and growth at Johns Hopkins Medicine. The second incentive is at the same time, students are also getting paid full-time, roughly 40 hours per week to participate in the training program. This actually alleviates a lot of the concerns of not having enough money, support, and resources available for our trainees to attend school. This way, trainees are able to dedicate 40 hours per week to complete didactic modules, participate in simulation labs, and learn from pharmacists and technicians during their experiential rotation. Some of our direct feedback from our students are, they're always interested in pursuing pharmacy. They finally have the opportunity to go through a program and become a pharmacy technician without having to worry about tuition and without having to worry about working a full-time job while attending the program full-time. Wow, that's a great opportunity for team members to start a new career path and being paid and learning at the same time. What metrics are used to help define success of your program? The metrics we currently being used are to define the success of the program, our program graduation rates, PTCB passing rate, trainee one-year job retention rate at Johns Hopkins Health System, and also number of enrollment per year and number of trainees per cohort. So currently, we have 100% graduation rate and 100% PTCB passing rate. And right now, from our first class who has been here for one year, we have about 75% one-year job retention rate. We will continue to have two enrollments per year, so one in the spring, one in the fall, and we continue to expand the number of trainees each cohort, where the first cohort only have four students, but the second cohort of two sites with a total of 10 students. Future metrics that we will continue to monitor include trainees' two-year job retention rate at Johns Hopkins Health System, trainees on the job performance as a pharmacy technician, and we plan to use the metrics of trainees' annual performance evaluation score. And lastly, we also want to monitor trainees' advancement status on the pharmacy technician career ladder. So for example, going from pharmacy technician one, two, three, or to a senior technician role on the career ladder, or any other promotion to more advanced pharmacy technician roles, either within the health system or outside of the health system. Sounds like you guys are doing a great job tracking metrics so far and the value that this program brings to your institution. What are some of the biggest challenges or barriers you've had to overcome offering this program? We actually had a lot of challenges when we first started the training program back in 2020 at Johns Hopkins Hospital. The main one I can highlight is we did have to work out logistics with human resources on how to hire trainees 
to participate in the training program. After lots of discussions, we ended up creating a new job description of pharmacy technician trainee specifically for the training program. And we also worked out logistics with compensation to develop a pay scale for this position. And lastly, we had to be very creative on how to recruit for this position without any extra FTE allotment. What we end up doing is we converting current open technician vacancies into pharmacy technician trainee positions. So this way, instead of hiring a person who is registered with the Board of Pharmacy, we're hiring a person who is a trainee, providing them the program, and in 14 weeks, they will become a registered pharmacy technician to fulfill the role that was originally intended. This is probably our biggest limitation from having the program started. We started this process in 2020, so it took us almost six to nine months before we can finally able to have the technician trainee position created, to have all the hiring pharmacies on board with position conversion, and to have positions posted for our first cohort recruitment. And this is likely the biggest limitation we face as we expanding to our affiliate groups. Each site is in the process of working out the exact same logistics with their own HR department and come up with tactics for recruitment before a trainee can start. Another challenge we continue to struggle with is to ensure there are enough resources available for the training program at each site. So this includes recruiting instructors for simulations, preceptors for experiential rotations, finding the physical space for training, online learning, and also lab exercises. And lastly, gathering the supplies that's needed for simulations. Although the majority of the didactic learning are done online through modules, we still need resources to teach approximately 75 hours worth of simulation sessions. Currently, the responsibilities has been spread to our pharmacy staff involving 22 pharmacists and technicians serving as instructors. We also need to ensure there are adequate number of trainers available to precept technician trainees during their experiential rotation portion, allowing for consistent training, adequate supervision, and well-rounded experience. This is most likely the limiting factor of how many trainees each site can hold per cohort and often causes delays in starting a cohort at one of our affiliate groups. Yeah, thanks, Anne, for sharing those barriers and kind of what you did to help overcome them. This leads into our next question. What advice would you give a new hospital or health system looking to start the program of their own? Yeah, that's a great question. So given our challenges that's described earlier, my biggest advice for any hospital or health system who is looking to start their own training program is to have early involvement of human resources stakeholders in the conversation. The goal is to provide them a extensive overview and education to the HR stakeholders about the goals and benefits of the program, the component of the program, the recruitment needs, and the things that our HR stakeholders will need to help establish. For example, creating the position, creating the pay, and also develop a service payback contract for the trainees that we invest money and efforts in. I cannot stress enough that human resources is such a crucial component of the training program. It is important to have their early buy-in for a successful launch, recruitment, maintenance, and future expansion of the training program. 
Another advice for any hospital or health system who is looking to partner with any digital providers for didactic learning, this is important to ensure that there are adequate on-site resources allocation. So, for example, may have to identify preceptors who will oversee the trainees in their rotations, may have to recruit instructors to lead or teach simulations, may have to identify space for the trainees to perform their simulation activity. If the health system have multiple sites. Who all would like to participate in the training program? It is also imperative to identify a coordinator for each site. The coordinator will be the point person who oversees and organizes the training program activity at the site, and be a liaison between the site and program director. I actually think this process or this method worked really well for us when we did our expansion to all children's hospital all the way in Florida, although I'm physically located in Baltimore, Maryland. I firmly believe that there needs to be a balance between resources available to teach and to support trainees, while still providing trainees individualized attention and well-rounded experience. And in the meanwhile, you do not want to overburden current staff members who are serving as the resources. Yeah, that's really great advice. I appreciate you sharing that to help future programs launch successfully. Thinking back. You know, over your year that you've had the program, you touched on this a little bit, but any strategic planning for growth of your current program? Yeah, our program's immediate goal right now is to increase our candidate pool and increase the number of technician trainees in each class. So we're actively working with our own HR department to open the recruitment to external candidates starting at the fall 2022 class. In addition, we're exploring possibility of requesting a technician trainee FTE to have year-round advertisement and continuously gathering interest and continue to increase our candidate pool selection. Our program's main goal in the next one to two years is to expand the training program to all of our affiliate groups. So our board recently received DC Board of Pharmacy approval in addition to Maryland and Florida, and our next sites that we're working towards starting a cohort is actually. Sibley Memorial Hospital in Washington D.C. Awesome. Well, lots of things to look forward to. That's all the time that we have today. I want to thank Anne for joining us today to discuss pharmacy technician training programs. Find more member exclusive content, including resources for self development, leading pharmacy enterprises and teams, and practice management on the ASHP website. Thank you for joining us, and be sure to subscribe to ASHP Official Podcast. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official. The voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.